Hey, Melissa. You know what an Aggie is? No. It's okay. I'll tell you. An Aggie is um, somebody who went to school at Texas A&M. Like me. I, I am an Aggie. And uh, I don't know if this is known outside of Texas, but in Texas, Aggies are typically the brunt of jokes. Like, for example, this one. So this Aggie goes up to Alaska, and he is up there in a bar and gets into this long bragging match with Alaskans, and it's stuff like this. Uh, Alaska is better. No, Texas is better. And, you know, after hours of this kind of nonsense, the Alaskans go, look, dude, we've got men up here that can drink a fifth of brown bear brand whiskey that can wrestle an Alaskan brown bear to the ground and then make love to an Eskimo woman all in the same night. The Aggie's like, I can do that. Because that's the way Aggies talk. Like me. And they say, yeah, have at it. So they give the Aggie a bottle of brown bear brand bourbon. And he does manage to choke down the whole bottle. And then he stumbles off into the woods. And he comes back an hour and a half later. And he is bruised. And he's bloody. And his clothes are torn. And his hair is must. But he comes back. And he says, oh, all right, I did it. Now, where's that woman you want me to wrestle? Thank you. Good morning. Welcome to LSAT Kung Fu from Velocity LSAT. I'm Dave Hall here with Melissa Miller. And we are continuing our investigation into the logical reasoning section of uh, Prep Test 29. This time we're in section 4. Uh, we'll pick it up with question four. Anything we need to say before we begin? I don't think so. Okay, then let's just dive into it. Uh, question four, what kind of question is question four? An, a necessary assumption? Yeah, if it asks for an assumption that is made in the explanation offered, that is something, I mean, an assumption by definition is something that isn't said. So mm -hmm. if they're asking you to provide something that has not been said... Like, how could you possibly? And the way you can is because it is something that has not been said, but must necessarily be true mm -hmm. if the conclusion is to be working. All right. So this is a necessary assumption question. You want to recap the... Well, let's read first, and then you can recap. Okay. So what is the conclusion of this argument? That television stations like to air boring, bland talk shows. When it comes to political opinions or anything, I guess it would be sort of controversial because they're trying to appeal to the largest audience. Okay. What they're trying to prove is the first part of what you said, that TV programs are bland and innocuous. And, and I want to keep that separate from the evidence because I want it to make, to make it easier to see the gap and the reasoning. The evidence is the last part of what you said. Why are they making bland, innocuous TV shows? Because according to this passage, they, um, driven by the profit motive, they want shows that will appeal to large numbers of people. When you're reading a passage, that's the way to think of it. They believe this because of that. Here, TV shows are bland because they need to appeal to large numbers of audiences. Large numbers of what? Large numbers of audiences? That doesn't make any damn sense. That can't be what it said. Large numbers of people. Now that makes much more sense. Mm -hmm. 
And, and when you put it that way, I mean, sometimes you get a passage like this where it's just prima facie absurd. What in the what? Why on earth, if you want to appeal to large numbers of people, would you make your TV show bland? And, you know, that then is the question. And just because it's obvious here doesn't mean it's different in any substantive way from any other argument anywhere else on the test. It is always this same shit. We're making a conclusion about thing Z based on evidence about thing B and what is the connection between B and Z. I mean, nothing but nothing. So when we've been asked what the, uh, um, sorry, what the argument has assumed, then our job is just to fill in that missing bit between B and Z. With that in mind, I mean, how would you formulate the assumption of this argument? Yeah, I guess the assumption is that viewers won't watch things if they feel like it, you know, poking at them. Like if they disagree with it or if it's controversial. Okay. Is that... All right. I just would have said people like bland stuff. And that's my big idea is that I want to make it simpler if they're saying we are going to bland TV because we want to appeal to people, then you say, who says bland TV appeals to people? Nobody said it. We just assumed it. You assumed that bland TV appeals to people. Mm. And now as you head into answer choices, we want something that mirrors that idea. Uh, why don't you take me through answer choices? Um, a, most television viewers cannot agree on which elements of a particular opinion or analysis are most disturbing. Um, does that sound like we're saying that bland TV appeals to people? No. No, okay. B. There are television viewers who might refuse to watch television talk shows that they know would be controversial and disturbing. Does that sound like bland appeals to people? It sounds like bland does does appeal to people. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I think that's our answer. Uh, let's Let's see these others. Each television viewer holds some opinion that is outside the political mainstream, but those opinions are not the same for everyone. Does that say that bland appeals to people? No. Right. So, not our answer. D. There are television shows on which economic forces have an even greater impact than they do on television talk shows. Does bland appeal to people? No. E. Uh, the television talk shows of different stations resemble one another in most respects. Does that tell us that bland appeals to? And you see how if you have an answer, you know what the answer is, and you can know that before looking at any answer choices, then the process of picking an answer choice is just that match game. All right, so that was question four, and question five is absolutely exceptional. I cannot remember any other time that I have seen this. What does question five say? The explanation offered by the author of the passage makes the assumption that... What kind of question is this? An assumption question? And this is a same question, the same question that we just answered. We're being asked again about the same passage. And I, I think this is unprecedented. And I don't think it's ever been repeated. And the weirdest thing is, it has to be the same answer. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's a big assumption in this passage. We've read the passage. We know what it says. We know what the assumption is. The assumption is that people like bland TV. Bland TV appeals to people. Nobody said it did. We just assumed it. So having already done the analysis and done the work, take me through these answer choices. A? Uh, television station executives usually lack a political agenda of their own. Does that tell us that bland television is appealing? 
No. Okay, B. Bland and innocuous political opinions and analyses are generally in the mainstream. Did that tell us that bland is appealing? Yes, it did. Yes, all right. Answer is C. Uh, political analysts outside the mainstream are relatively indifferent to the effect their analyses have on television viewers. And again, doesn't tell us that bland is appealing. D. Most television viewers are prepared to argue against allowing the expression of political opinions and analyses with which they disagree. If anything, that suggests the opposite, right? They're mm. ready to argue. Bland would not then be appealing, but it certainly doesn't say that bland is appealing. And finally... The political opinions of television station executives are not often reflected in the television shows their stations produce. Does that tell us that bland is appealing? It does not. All right. So in our argument... You know, we said we wanted to appeal people, so we made it bland. That uh, involves us in the basic assumption that a, that bland stuff is appealing, and we got two ways of saying that same thing, that controversial stuff is not what people like, or that bland stuff is in the mainstream of the way people think. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing new to say about question five because we said it all about question four. They're the same question asked twice and... I'm just done with them. I never, I never want to think about these questions again. You don't have to. Thank you. Let's do question six. Okay. Okay, so what kind of question is question six then? Well, that's for the main point. I don't... Uh, main point question? Yeah. <laughs> There's I mean, typically I need to know. call it the main conclusion question because that's more typical language, but yeah. Okay. That's the idea. All right. Um... So let's take a second and we will read the passage and then we'll talk about it. All right, so we'll start again in the same way that we always do. What's the main conclusion of this argument? Uh, that you, we do have to have mandatory minimum sentences. Yeah. Um, judges aren't above needing that. Yeah. I mean, and that's it. Your work's done. Um, I want to talk about how you arrived at that idea. How do you know that's the main conclusion? How did you know that was the main conclusion? I guess because it was they're saying that you can't... They have facts that show that people, even though they think they have good judgment, are often arbitrary and irrational. And given that, no matter who you are, if you're a person, you know, you're not above it. So you can't use your discretion. And that's what mandatory minimums are all about, is, is having that in place. Yeah. Um... So, in other words, you used strong reading comprehension skills to assess the passage, analyze what it was saying, and then arrive at the main conclusion, which will work, and it worked for you, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you're a strong reader, there's no reason it won't... It, there's no reason to think that it ever won't work for you. But it will always require that you read and think about what you've read and assess and analyze. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. It just takes time. Okay. I can tell you the main conclusion of this passage in, like, six words. I mean, in the first six words of the passage. Without reading any more of it, I can be almost 100% sure what the main conclusion is. And it's for structural reasons. So okay. when I talk about pattern recognition, I mean, this is what I'm talking about. When you have a passage that begins as this one does, some judges complain about mandatory minimum sentences. You can be nearly 100% certain that the main conclusion is they are wrong to do that. We mm. actually need mandatory minimums. 
And as you correctly assessed at the very beginning, that is in fact the main conclusion of this passage. We so you're need... saying I don't have to read ever Correct. on these is what you're you've, saying. Just read the first exactly. seven words and I'm done. Yes, every time without fail. Okay. As long as it's a main conclusion question. Yeah. As as long as you have, and, and actually that's really not very far from what I am in fact saying. When you have this ascriptive purpose at work, you ascribe a position to some third party. Yes, you only do it for one reason. If you want to, if you want to show that you're right about something, you say many judges agree with me. If you say that some people think, then there's two things you know almost for certain right off the bat. Number one, the conclusion is that those people are wrong. Number two, you have assumed that your evidence actually shows that they're wrong. Okay. Now, I don't care about number two at all right here because we were just asked what was the main conclusion. I um, was, was, out, I was able much more quickly to get to an answer here than you were. And it's not because I'm smarter and it's not because I'm a faster reader. It is just because I know something that now you also know. And I didn't have to analyze or assess or think. Like, I knew what the answer was. And the rest of my reading the passage is just to confirm that that, that that structural feature really is in play in this instance. Because, of course, it's possible that you could, it's conceivable that you could have a passage that defies your expectations, you know, that does begin, some judges think, and yes, by gum, I do agree with them. That you, it's not outside the realm of possibility. However, I don't think it's ever happened on this test. Okay. And, that's, and there's nothing about taking the structural approach that would ever stop you from doing that analysis if you just love analyzing yourself some arguments. then I don't. Oh, all right. Well, just to clarify. Then next time we see this, you won't have to. All right, so the main conclusion, of course, is that mandatory minimums are good or necessary. And take me through answer choices. A, people believe that they have good judgment but never do. <laughs> mandatory minimums are necessary. Nope. All right. I mean, so would you even say you don't even have to read anything that excludes mandatory minimums, or would you say you do it? I, I just skim through them <clears throat> just to make sure that they don't say. I do exactly what we're doing here, okay. in other words. you know. Yeah, B, mandatory minimum sentences are too mechanical and reduce judicial discretion. They're saying they don't need them. It's the opposite of what we wanted. Yeah. Judges should be free to exercise their own judgment. Nope. Uh, D, judges are often arbitrary and irrational. That is true. However, <laughs> it is not. It is not. That. There's, that's a really, com I mean, I don't know if that's really true here, but, uh, or because uh, I didn't actually read the rest of the passage after. I, no kidding. I read only that first sentence. And then when you read it all and analyzed it, I was like, yeah. I don't have, and have to read it. So I don't know if the passage even ever said that judges are often irrational or if you were just um, making a funny, but uh, it's totally the case that both here and in the reading comp, you'll get answer choices that are true, like, and not just true in the world, but like true in the passage, mm -hmm. but aren't the main point. Yeah. And, you know, so just keep in mind what you've been asked. All right. Yeah. And finally, answer choice E. Uh, mandatory minimum sentences are needed to help prevent judicial arbitrariness. Dang. It's almost like we could have seen this answer coming. Some of us did. Yeah. That's it, you know? I mean, that's the thing. If you have an answer, 
the answer choices really should be just that kind of match game. Mm -hmm. So everything we can do to provide an answer. And if it takes a long time here, that's fine because we take that long time here so that it takes a short time on test day. Yep, that wow. was really helpful. That went really fast. I think, well, the fact that we had two questions that were exactly the same mm -hmm. on this page and <laughs> then just the main conclusion question. Today was a short day. Okay. All right. Anything else to say? Uh, no, thank you. Oh, no, thank you. See you guys next week. <laughs>